year 1900, a German chocolate factory made 12 bold predictions for the year 2000. So 100 years looking into the future. Listen just to a few of those bold predictions. We would each have a personal airship. Now you and I are probably thinking of airplanes. Actually the picture were of all these happy couples in these hot air balloons flying through the air. They, they predicted that we would be watching a live drama performance while not even in a theater. TV, right? They had no idea at that point. An x-ray machine for police officers so that they could look into buildings and see the crimes as they're happening. A roofed city, maybe like a football stadium that's under a dome. Underwater, I love this one, un underwater ships for tourists. Think of carnival in a submarine. Huh? Does that, set, does that just scream fun? Easy excursions to the North Pole, certainly something all of us want to do. And then, uh, I love this one, a machine for creating good weather. Now, they were looking 100 years into the future, and they were trying to predict what that future would be like. And that's what a lot of us do this time of the year. Now, if you grew up in the church, you're probably thinking, well, those are prophecies. Looking into the future, predicting the future. The Bible had many prophets in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. And what we're going to see this morning is that Jesus is still our prophet today. But let me explain this very quickly. In the Bible, when we talk about prophets, there's a sense of foretelling. That's telling of the future. And there was a little bit of that that the prophets did, typically talking about the Messiah that would come and the Messiah that would come again. So the first and second coming of Jesus. That's called foretelling, foretelling of what's going to happen in the future. But most of prophecy, and this is where a lot of people get confused, but most of prophecy and most of the words that the prophets spoke was what we call foretelling. That is explaining to people what it is that God is saying to them in their very circumstances in their lives today. So it's explaining to the people what God wants them to know about their world, about himself, and about their circumstances that are relevant for them in their lives today. Well, what we're going to see this morning is that that ministry of prophecy continues through Jesus today for Christians. That, remember, God gave us his Holy Spirit, and through his Holy Spirit, God is present with us. And through the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus continues his work as our prophet today. There are three offices that we often talk about in theology um, that Jesus continues today. We heard one last week when a, just an incredible sermon from Danny looking at Jesus as our king. He continues to be in the office of our king today. He is my king. If you're a Christian, he is your king. If you have surrendered your life in faith to Jesus Christ, he continues to be your king today. Next week, we're going to see that he is our priest. He continues to be our priest today. And we're going to talk next week as we prepare our hearts to receive communion about what it means that Jesus continues to be our priest. 
But this morning, what we're going to see is that Jesus is our prophet. Well, what does that mean? Simply this. One of the offices that Jesus continues to hold today, office just means his ministry to us that continues today is the ministry of prophecy. He's our prophet. What does that mean? Is that it means that he fully reveals who God is to us. So Jesus is revealing who God is to us and he speaks to us the words of God. Now, I want to ask you this morning, do you have that anticipation that God is going to speak to you through the, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is going to communicate to you the very words of God? I believe that, because that's what the Bible teaches. I expect that, because that's what the Bible teaches. And so this morning, we want to talk about, very briefly, what that means biblically, and then how it is that we hear from Jesus through the Holy Spirit as Jesus, the prophet, continues to speak to his people today. Remember, the role of the prophet was to speak the words of God to his people. God continues to speak through Jesus and then through the Holy Spirit, he speaks to his people today. But the question is, are we listening? The question is, do we have that expectation? This is what we mean when we say that the king who came 2,000 years ago in that manger is the king who still comes today to all who make room for him. It says in Revelation 3, the Lord says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will come and open that door, I will come and fellowship with them. I will come and spend time with them. I will come and reveal God to them and the purposes of God to them. Friends, I take the Bible seriously. I believe that's true. And so my responsibility is to open my heart fully to him. That I may allow him to reveal God to me. And I may allow him to speak his words of truth into the context of my life. Now, if that isn't exciting, I don't know what is. So here's what I want you to see this morning very quickly. Jesus as our prophet. First of all, the Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ as the eternal prophet. Moses said, to the Lord, Moses said, these were the words of Moses, he said, the Lord said to me, this is in Deuteronomy, Old Testament, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Now, he's speaking of Jesus. How do I know that? Because in the New Testament book of Acts, Peter says this, for Moses said, now he's going to quote this very passage we looked at. He's talking about Jesus. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, like Moses, from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. And then he adds these words. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. What he is saying, this is after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Remember, he ascended into heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit to be his presence in the lives of all Christians, in the lives of all who choose to believe in him. So what, why did he do that? 
so that we would have a connection with the living God. So that Jesus could, could continue to speak into the circumstances of our lives. So that we could fellowship with him and he with us. I think the great tragedy of the church is that we think we're not going to see Jesus until we die. That is not what the Bible teaches. We can see him now, now more perfectly when we die, without the ravages of sin, we will see him face to face in a way that we can't today, but we can still see God in our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit as God speaks his word through Jesus, to Jesus through the Holy Spirit to you and to me, and we'll see that in just a moment. The second thing I want you to see is this, and oops, I think I'm going fast, so I wonder if I, is, you may have to, is it frozen? It's frozen. Have you seen that movie? Oh, thank goodness, thank you. I was getting nervous because I don't have those notes up here with me. Um, Jesus speaks the words of God to the people as our prophet. Listen to what he says. We read this in the book of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, what did Jesus say? We were in the last days. In these last days, he has spoken to us by the Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made and created the universe. So God is, has spoken to us profoundly and perfectly through his Son. And by the presence of the Holy Spirit, he continues to speak to his people through his Son. We're going to see this even more powerfully in just a moment. But Jesus is speaking. Jesus always spoke the words of the Father. He always spoke the words of the Father when he spoke. He didn't speak his own words. They were the words of the Father. Jesus continues to speak the words of the Father to the Son, to his people through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we read these, these words. Jesus reveals God. Remember that a prophet reveals God, and what a prophet does, what a prophet does is to reveal God and the words of God to us that we need to hear in the circumstances of our lives. Now, I have this happen all the time. As God reminds me of things, as God challenges me, as God encourages me, as he comforts me, as he leads me and guides me. Now, listen to what we read here in John 14, 8 to 10. We read these words. Philip said, Jesus, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Now, listen to the response of Jesus. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So when we see Jesus, we see God. Every word that he spoke were words that emanated from the Father. Jesus perfectly reflected God. He revealed who God is to us. And he continues to reveal who God is to us. Now, in that passage, 
If you go down, this is in John 14. And, I, and if you have your Bibles with you, turn, with you, turn to verse 20. Listen to what it says now in verse 20. Remember, it was the Father in Jesus doing his work, giving him the words to speak. Now, because Jesus has risen from the dead, ascended to heaven, and given us his Holy Spirit, this is the new reality for you and for me on this side of heaven. We don't have to wait for this. It's on this side of heaven. Listen to what he says. Jesus said, on that day when the Holy Spirit comes, he's talking about, you will realize that I am in my Father, Jesus is in the Father, you are in me, and I, Jesus said, am in you. Jesus is present with us through the Holy Spirit, continuing the ministry that he began 2,000 years ago when he walked upon this earth. That Jesus, who was born in that manger, is the same Jesus that we worship today. It's the same Jesus who comes to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is the prophet who speaks and reveals God to his people. He is the prophet who reveals God and speaks words of truth that we need to hear to live the life that he created us to live. But many of us are not listening. We're not listening. And it's a tragedy. um, T.F. Torrance was one of the great theologians of the 20th century. And he was in in the battlefield in World War II. And as a chaplain, he came to um, a 19-year-old young man who was on his deathbed. And the man cried out to him, and he said he said to this to um, this chaplain he said is God really like Jesus is God really like Jesus and something changed in, in Torrance and he realized that this is really the great cry of our hearts it's God really like the son the son that we read about his mercy his compassion his kindness is God really like this And he said, God is indeed really like Jesus. There is no unknown God behind the back of Jesus for us to fear. To see Jesus, beginning with that baby in that that little manger, and the Jesus we see in the scriptures, and the Jesus we see through the Holy Spirit, to see the Lord Jesus is to see the very face of God. Jesus is revealing to us the very face of God. Extraordinary amazing it's amazing and then the question becomes for us friends simply this how do we how do we hear the words of the prophet how do we hear the words of this prophet that continues to prophesy to his people to speak the words of God to his people well God has given us different ways to do that And I want to challenge you as we begin a new year in just a week to maybe make it your primary goal this year to open your heart to God as you never have before. To see God as you've never seen Him before as you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal God and to reveal what God wants to say to you in your life through Jesus today. So how does God speak to his people? He speaks through Jesus, to Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. 
And we see this as one example. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, it's going to explain why what happens, happens next. Because Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit, he is fellowshipping with God, Jesus is speaking the words of God through the Holy Spirit to Saul. He looked straight at this man who was a false prophet, and he said, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now, how did he know that? How did he know that? Because the Holy Spirit was receiving the words of God that came to the Son, came to the Holy, through the Holy Spirit to Saul, that, so that Saul could see what it is that God wanted him to see. So that Saul could speak the words that God wanted him to speak in that moment. So that he could be a representative of the words of God. This is why Jesus said, greater things will we do than he did. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit is not just in Jesus, but he's in all of us. So that we continue the works of Jesus in this world. Through the church. The church is the hope of the world. Because God is speaking to Jesus, and Jesus brings that word to us through the Holy Spirit. So how does he speak to us? Well, here's the first way. He speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. He speaks by the Holy Spirit to the Bible. This is the primary way in which God speaks to his people. I believe, as you know, this is the word of God. Now the question becomes, how do I apply this word to my life? How do I connect my life to what God is saying in this word? And the Holy Spirit is present as I read his word to help me to understand how to connect that word with the circumstances of my life that I might live it out in my life. Not just living it in what I do, but also in what I say. So I listen and I, and I read the word of God. And I've shared with you before when I do this, I begin reading and I ask the Spirit of God. I try to open my heart up and I say, God, speak to me. Jesus, speak to me through the Holy Spirit, the words of God. Let me hear what I need to hear today. And God speaks as I'm going. Sometimes it's, I don't even get beyond one verse. Sometimes I'll read a whole chapter. Rarely do I go beyond a chapter. When I don't hear this, and I hear the Spirit of God speaking some word to me that I need to hear in the circumstances of my life because Jesus is the prophet who still speaks to his people. And so what do I hear? I hear a word of encouragement or I hear a word of challenge. Or I might hear a truth that maybe I haven't been paying attention to or maybe I've forgotten. Or maybe a truth I've never known before. Or an example he gives me an example to follow or an example not to follow or something that I need to do in my life or maybe something that I need to undo in my life, a word of direction possibly. I want to tell you something that happened to me here recently and um, not proud of this, okay? This is the, the example not to follow if I was in the Bible. Here's what happened. I heard a rapping on my window 
and there were just a couple of us here in the office. And I went out to look, and I saw a homeless person. And I think, I don't have time for this. I've got to get my Christmas Eve service done. I've got to get my, um, my December, this sermon done. And so I kind of bent down, and, and he turned around, and I realized, I am. I am that guy in the story of the Good Samaritan. That's me. I don't have time to help someone. And God, by his spirit, brought that story into my mind in that moment. And I felt deeply and profoundly convicted. Friends, God uses his word to speak to his people. Some of you um, have heard the name Nick Vucicic. Anybody know who that is? A few of you probably do, yeah. Um, Nick is one of the most inspiring speakers I have ever heard. Nick was born, and you can look him up, he lives here in Southern California, and those of you who are involved in the school systems here in our area, I understand he spoke uh, to the Chino schools uh, before I got here. Beth and I had a chance to hear him speak in Michigan. But what he does is he'll come and he'll speak to schools and he'll bring a message and then invite everybody to come back to a church that night where he brings the gospel. And I mean he brings the gospel. Nick was born with no arms and no legs. For many of his early years, he grew up in a Christian home. He was angry with God. He said, why God? Why was I born this way? I don't understand how you can say you love me when you allow me to stay and to live in this pain. No arms, no legs. At 10 years old, he contemplated suicide. And then not long after that, he was reading the word of God. And he read in John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. When Nick read those words, he understood that they were the words of Jesus, the words of God to Jesus through the Holy Spirit to him. Nick realized, I have a purpose. God will use even this, this for his glory. God can use me. I have purpose. Listen to what he said. He said, as I read this, I got goosebumps on my skin I don't even have. And I had a faith because I understood something. You see, all I wanted to know was that God knew what he was doing with me. Nick is lives an amazing life. You've got, to, you've got to look up his life. He's amazing. And God is using him in powerful ways. The man is filled with joy. He is filled with purpose. God has given him a beautiful family. As he has lived in a way that he understands through the word of God that God had a purpose for his life and he's living that purpose. I think that's extraordinary. Friends, I want to say to you, God wants to speak to you through his word. 
God wants to reveal himself through your word, through his word. He wants to instruct you in your life and speak to you in your life through his word. Here's a second way that he speaks. He speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer in a manner that is consistent with the Bible. If you ever think you've heard something from God and it's not consistent with the Bible, then it's not the word of God that you're hearing. You're not hearing the Holy Spirit. It will always be consistent with the word of God. I love this passage from 1 Kings. There is then a great and powerful wind tore uh, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Why? Because he knew that that was the word of God for him. Most of us are looking for these big things to happen in our lives so that we can hear God, but he often speaks to us in the whisper. He often speaks through the quiet. He often speaks through the things that aren't that remarkable, that are just ordinary. And we only pay attention when there are big decisions to be made or something huge happens in our lives. One of the things that they've tracked over time is that churches fill up, except for COVID because nobody could go to church, churches would fill up, would fill up when there was some kind of disaster in the world. But what if God speaks just as clearly when we're alone with him and we're praying to him? Many of you know that one of my professors in seminary that I just loved was Dallas Willard. And he once told the story of his older brother. His older brother, J.I. Willard, served for over 30 years in ministry. He was a pastor. And he records, Dallas records in one of his books, this experience that his brother had. One evening, he faced a major decision that had to be made the next day. A decision that would commit him for years into the future. He prayed long into the night, falling asleep at around 1.30 a.m. But he relates at 2 a.m., that room lit up with the glory of God. I saw a figure. I did not see a face, but I recognized it to be the person of Christ. I felt a hand on my shoulder, and I heard a voice that said, feed my sheep. It was his call to ministry. What did Jesus say to Peter? Feed my sheep. What does Jesus say to those who are in a ministry of pastoring and leading and teaching the the Bible? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And it was in prayer that he heard the clarity of God's call upon his life. We also, a third way that we hear from God is through our life circumstances, as we just saw with Nick. Jesus speaks by the Holy Spirit through circumstances, but always in a manner that's consistent with the Bible. I have seen people make the dumbest decisions in their life based on circumstances, where they think God is saying something to them. I remember the story of somebody who didn't know if they should take a trip, and they woke up the next morning, and they looked at their clock, and their digital clock said 747. Now, that may or may not have been God. I don't know. 
but I certainly wouldn't take that circumstances as the will of God for me. No, I am going to seek to understand what God is saying to me in the circumstances of my life. Now here, I always compare it with the Word of God, and I always run it by other believers. I want to make sure that I'm hearing clearly. And I ask the Lord, I ask the Lord, Lord, is this what you want for me? Is this what you're wanting me to do? And if it's not, make that clear to me. Uh, because sometimes I say to the Lord, otherwise I'm moving forward. I struggled with the decision to leave a church I love to come here. I didn't know I would love you like I do. I'm so glad I love you. But I, I didn't know. In fact, Beth asked me, do you have enough love in your heart for another congregation? This is on the drive over. And I said, I don't know. I didn't know you were going to be so lovable. And I wasn't positive. As I struggled with that decision, part of it is just my, I don't like to make those kind of big changes. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, if this isn't what you want, make it very clear. Otherwise, I'm moving forward. And God, in his, he comforted me, and he strengthened me, and he gave me vision for what he wanted to do here, and I loved it. And I got excited about it. But we really struggled with that. And so sometimes God takes us through a process in which he's really going to teach us. But he looks at our circumstances. Because a door opens doesn't mean God opened the door. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because a door opens doesn't mean God is the one who opened the door. We have to seek him and understand. God, is this you speaking? Or is this just a door that opens? The fourth thing that I want you to see is that God speaks through the church. He speaks through the church. I love this. I love that he speaks through the church. God speaks through the people. That is the church. The church isn't this building. The church is the people. Right in this moment, most of the church, or a lot of the church, I should say, is here together. Where's the church tomorrow? It's spread out all over the place. It's not a building, it's people. And he speaks through the people of the church. Speaks through a song. Have you ever had that happen? You're singing a song and all of a sudden, it's like God is just speaking, this is for you. This is for you. I want you to hear these words. Sometimes I read a passage and, you're, and God is speaking to you. If that's happening, don't listen to me. Listen to what God is saying to you through his word. Sometimes he'll speak through one of us who are speaking up front, and you know, this is something different. God is gripping your soul. You know, every, and, and my kids will tell you, I go to bed, I try to go to bed early on Saturday night because I know I'm going to be with God's people on Sunday, and I want to be at my best, not just because I'm going to be speaking or a pastor, I do that even if I'm not preaching, because I, God's going to do something wonderful when we're together. One of the things that we're doing is we're making a concerted effort last year and this year to grow the small groups in our church. And um, Pastor Lon has done an amazing job. How many additional groups do we have starting in two weeks, three weeks? How many? Two more in a few more weeks. 
And if we need more groups, we'll create more groups. Everybody should be in some kind of a group where people are speaking into their life. And where you have the opportunity to speak into someone else's life. The truth of God's word. Something powerful happens when we sit together in a circle. And they know me. And I know them. And they can speak God's truth to me. And they can say the things that I need to hear. God is speaking. God is speaking to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Through my brothers and sisters in Christ. Telling me the things that I need to hear. We need that kind of community. And if you're not in that kind of community, see Pastor Lon. I hope, man, I hope that your phone is just... In fact, I'm going to give you a cell number, and you could call him at night. It doesn't matter. 24-7. We would just love to have everybody having that opportunity to hear from God. I wanna, I'm going to close with this. Um, God just has so many ways that he speaks to his people. I believe... I believe in what the Bible teaches. Jesus is in the Father. And he's in me. Through the Holy Spirit. He gave me the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, he gave you the Holy Spirit. More and more, we should be, we should be led by the Holy Spirit, not driven by people's expectations for us. Not driven by our fears. Not driven by our insecurities, but led by the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus still speaks to his people. I remember when I had been a Christian just for a couple of months, and I had a job, Chris, I don't, remember if you, I don't know if you remember this, but I had a job at the golf course right by our house. And one of my jobs, as exciting as it sounds, was to take this this, this little machine that didn't have a motor and to pull it with a rope across lakes to gather up all the golf balls that you hit into that lake. And then I'd take, go, take them back, clean them all, and then I would um, turn them in and they would, be, you, they would resell them to you. What a gig. So I, particularly back then, I had this need to be liked and to be accepted. And there was this really cool group that always, always um, golfed just about every day. They were in their uh, mid-20s probably. And I always liked them because a lot of people would tee off with me pulling this thing across the lake and not tell me they were teeing off so I could hide behind a tree. They would always tell me, which was a good thing. I mean, I had balls zinging by me. They didn't even give me a helmet. Now is it making more sense? So I'm pulling this thing across, and I'm gathering all these golf balls, and they had hit one into the lake, and so they, they lake, it was a pond, they came on their cart, and they said, hey, could you give us some golf balls? And I'm thinking, yeah, I really like you, you're really cool, do you like me? Here. You know, I was like a junior in high school, I had to be a junior in high school, and I gave them a little handful of golf balls, off they went. And all of a sudden, I feel this conviction in my soul. I mean, I was literally stealing the golf balls because they weren't mine. I worked for the, for the uh, golf club, 
and I was giving that away to them, I was stealing. Now, these golf balls, we're not talking gold here, right? These weren't gold-plated. So I'm trying to excuse all of this in my head. And that wouldn't go away, would not go away. So about half an hour later, I got my golf cart, and I had to go find them on the golf course. And I said, hey, this is really embarrassing, but I need you to give me back the golf balls. I said, I'll even pay for it. Well, then they felt really shamed. I said, I feel like I stole them. So I, looking back on it, I think I really shamed them. And so they gave me back the golf balls. Here's my point. I can't tell you how grateful I am that the Spirit of God spoke to me in that moment. Because really, I was making a decision about what my life was going to look like. Was I going to be driven by the Holy Spirit, or was I going to be driven by my need to be liked and accepted? I want the great prophet to continue to speak the words of God to me through the Holy Spirit. I want that desperately for all of you. Will you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for your presence with us. Thank you for this incredible season of the year in which we get to celebrate, get to celebrate the King that came, the King that still comes, and the King that will come again. Father, by your Spirit, would you encourage your people? Would you speak to your people? Will you bless your people? God, I pray that each of us, as we open our hearts and minds and lives to you, that we would hear the words of God spoken to Jesus through the Holy Spirit to us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.